Hello, everyone. This is Isabel Zimmerman with Attracting Wisdom, and I have my dear friend, Rachel Coffey, and we're just going to have a conversation and record. When did Rachel know spirit was real? So Rachel, say a little something about you and go ahead. And how did you know spirit was real? Well, um, my name's Rachel. I am a massage therapist and I'm a Reiki practitioner. So, um, my journey with spirit really took its free fall, I guess <laughs> you could say. Totally. I mean, my whole life, <laughs> I can definitely look back and I can see everything, the significance, but 2017, um, 2017, I had to go through a, a dark night of the soul that lasted several years, but got more intense, more intense until I lost my will to live. Mm. So before this um, recording, she was telling me the story and it's a very personal story, but do you mind if you just share the near death experience and how you saw everything that had happened in your life as beautiful. Can you kind of like just walk them through that a little bit? Yep, absolutely. So up to this point in my life, I got into a place to where um, there were heavy addictions involved um, with some hard drugs and there was a lot of um, physical abuse going on, some domestic violence, and I was definitely in a prison of fear. Um, to where I felt like I was stuck. I, I didn't like the person that I was, but I was very fearful based on my own actions. What I allowed to trap me in that prison was the fear of losing my child and um, losing my, my career, which was my financial means to provide for me and my child, um, to try and hide the other things that I was doing. And so... That fear, I was um, with at this person at this time. I was with this person, basically, like not even against my will, you know, because mm -hmm. I knew that, I mean, this person was very, very narcissistic. Very comes from a family with a lot of money, has a lot of pull. Um, so, <clears throat> and this just a very, very dark individual at this point. And if um, you know, if I wasn't gonna be with him, then he was gonna make sure that I either wasn't alive, or if he could, he couldn't get that job done, that I wasn't gonna have anything. He, I was gonna be, you know, he, I was gonna pay most definitely. So I knew that he could basically take away everything that I loved most in this world, which I allowed to trap me in this prison with him like well let me just stay not not change my situation you know so and then I don't have to lose deal with the fear of losing my son and my career and you know blah 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 so but but you know you can you can only stay somewhere for so long when you, you're gonna get that nudge to be pushed out so um, I was starting to build up strength. I was starting to build up confidence and I, I was building up a lot of strength. I was getting to where I wasn't um, as fractured anymore to where I, I wasn't as scared uh, to fight back. Um, and 
he he could see that he could most definitely see that um he was losing control and so it only made him more violent and sorry let me put that on silent <laughs> so he became more violent um the more that he seen i was starting to build up my strength and he knew that i was about to um i was about to finally get myself out of this situation he could definitely feel it despite what what consequences that i you know that i, I may deal with um spirit was really working on me at this point and i didn't even really realize it i just how how did it feel like um how did to describe what spirit feels like um so i can only speak from how it is when spirit works with me it's like um it's like a download it's it's a feeling it's a knowing it you know it's not you you know it's not your ego mind it is it feels very high vibration it feels very ominous in a way and it confuses people yeah that's how it started with me because the deeper in this darkness i went in terms of addiction and mental imprisonment and domestic violence the deeper into that i went you would think the the weaker i would become but it was the opposite it was it was like i started to remember who i was and started to know i, I started to know that i was capable of so much more mm. um and i for the first time ever started to really take accountability for myself and for my actions instead of blaming it on other people i really started the the gravity of everything got to the point to where it was too much and i started to it's like he couldn't hurt me anymore and and i just thought you know at this time that i'm building strength but it it was an awareness that i started to have i started to tr i start being thrusted in that situation forced me to trust myself and with trust in myself came this connection to at the time you know i didn't know what you know I, all i just knew was just god and yeah so what rachel is not um letting you guys know and because i heard the story and it's very personal she had a near-death experience and she saw three different timelines if she survived if she continued on her path and if she changed and in that moment of her near-death experience um she saw the perpetrator as a beautiful beautiful entity and saw through the perpetrator like to the sky <laughs> sorry guys that's my dog in the background <laughs> and uh so um what was interesting was so spirit talks to me a lot around timelines of where the energy signature is going where your where our focus is going and <laughs> she's sad she don't like it i'm gonna have to put her back on my lap <laughs> but sad. maybe you can while i pick her up maybe you can explain yeah. I can go just into the, it yeah more. just a little yeah. bit of i'm i'm very interested in sharing the three timelines the three yeah. focus energies Absolutely. just to help the humans understand 
you know, where you are in your vibration and understanding can always change. You always have the power to choose a different path, to choose a different version of yourself. You don't have to be, um, now she's quiet. You don't have to be stuck. You think you're stuck, you know, in, um, Rachel's situation, I just want to let you know, um, he was a, a very powerful family and, you know, Rachel and I are aware that he was playing a role for her. Like she recognized him in the moments of her death, of her, of her near death experience. She saw how beautiful he was in that moment of her leaving this physical reality. And then when spirit came and said, if you are going to come back to this earth and alive, here are the three different timelines of what you can choose. Yeah. And the choice was all mine. It was it, but leading up, even leading up to it, you know, this, this person, this, you know, the, the abuser. I'm not really sure what to refer to him as. He know. was playing a role for you. Yep. He started to pick up on it, which started to speed up the process mm. to the near death experience. Like mm -hmm. he started to realize like that I was changing. I started, I started to become strong. Like words weren't bothering me. Physical abuse wasn't bothering me. And I started to, I started to know my worth and mm -hmm. I really, and I would, I would voice this as it was happening which really just right he honestly i don't i don't think it was something that either one of us expected mm -hmm. was happening in the moment and it really heightened my clairvoyant abilities and just all this other other things that i didn't realize were actually gifts that i just which i feel i feel like if you look into like to the neurology component behind ptsd a lot of people with ptsd it's not just PTSD and they've developed a hypervigilance. It's, it seems to be a common denominator, a common path to people that have developed gifts through some kind of darkness, that wounded healer complex, that Chiron in the astrology placements. Like it's, I agree. Um, I will tell you what spirit has. Um, okay. So my mom was a very, my mom, played a beautiful role for me and she's a teacher, but my mom had a lot of fear and PSD, um, from her childhood. And, um, and, and, and guys, I say this, but please take this with like a, a loving way. I'm only using human words just to convey. That's all I'm doing. Cause it was all my creation and all for me, but my mom was very abusive and she was malicious. So, um, she would be cruel, meaning, um, when you're acting in that moment of anger, that person's just an intense fear. But my mom would strategize, mm -hmm. like, how can I hurt, hurt her as much as I'm feeling pain? And that's the malice. That's the malice part. Yeah. So my mom was, um, playing that role for me. And so I adopted a trajectory of, don't let anyone see me sweat. It was, yes, it was the same thing. It was, and I called at the time in, in my addiction and still in that abuse, I called it Eminem and myself. Mm. Like the second he would start in, 
I would be like, yeah, I know, I'm a dumb bitch, I'm a stupid whore, mm-hmm. I'm a blah. and he would get so mad because all the things he wanted to say to me, I would say it and then I would laugh. I'd be like, yeah, let me just change my middle name to dumb bitch on my birth certificate, and he would just get so mad. And then even with the physical abuse when he would hit me, I'd be like, yeah, I bet that makes you really feel like a man. And I remember one time even spitting blood out, like I'm laying on the ground, and he's kicking me with his pointed-toe cowboy boots. And it's not... If this was happening to someone yeah. else, I would not be laughing. But it's yeah. funny to me because I this is what instilled this is what helped me remember who the hell I am. Yeah, I remember spitting, and he 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 said, "You uh, you dumb bitch, you want more?" And I remember spitting and saying, "You could drag my ass outside and beat my ass all over again, and I'd still be smiling." <laughs> <laughs> like it's like this inner fire. Yeah. yeah. So it was all a part. Of yeah. a bigger plan. He was playing this role for me. Yeah. Whether he, I, and I know he's not aware of that because I, I'm, I know just from living in the same county as this person, he still is the same individual. He's not grown. It's not, it's most, it's not going to happen in this life for him. Yeah. But, um, and I feel like this is a person through lives we have bounced off of each other. Yeah. Yeah. And my mother, was um also in my other lives as um a king and um there there are really energetic patterns and i know my mom like my mom loves me like i do know my mom really does love me but um the the trajectory that put me on this path really did make me stronger it enhanced your spiritual it, gifts. it really did like what we what we're taught told is hypervigilance from the ptsd it's, it's not just a hypervigilance it, it is a true telepathy that develops it is a true ability to pick up on energy because you start to do it your root chakra is trying to keep you safe yes so it's not just something that's happened mentally. It's something that's happening spiritually tr- too. That's triggering all of these things. I agree. I was a. I remember being very little, and coming home from school, and putting my hand on the doorknob before I walked through the back door, and literally feeling her, and was to know whether to happened. know whether I'm running upstairs in my room and she's not seeing me, or I'm going to say hi. Yeah, I would literally feel her energy, and I didn't have the vocabulary as a child. You know, now we call that as an empath, right? Mm-hmm. And then I later found out in my life, my mom had psychic abilities, and she got scared of her abilities because she was a clairvoyant, and I have clairvoyance tendencies too. And she was able to see the future, and the future would become true. Mm-hmm. And she just got so freaked out. And now um, I have connected with my mother's inner being. And she is known in the spirit realm to be so serene, so calm, like the most beautiful, loving energy. So and like it, an opposite embodiment yes, of what she was in this yes, recent physical Yes, world. yes. Like, so her yeah. soul went to experience chaos and anger and fear and all the 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 denser frequencies of serene and calm and beauty and my mom can be very serene calm and beautiful well that's how you know that's how the the 
the man that I'm speaking about was, you know, yes, there was a lot of manipulation. And so I know that he projected what I wanted him to be in, in the 3D sense. But this is somebody that go back from my childhood. There were very beautiful moments with this person, like very soul healing moments with this person. Like they could, it's like, it's just as dark as they can operate. Mm -hmm. They can operate on the exact opposite mm -hmm. intensity. And that's where that cognitive dissonance comes in, where we mm -hmm. learn not to trust ourselves because mm -hmm. been really, we can't trust this person, but we can't accept that yet because we're still seeing the best in somebody mm -hmm. in the 3D sense. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, and, and that's hard. That's hard to accept. But then, but yeah, he, so I, you know, and I don't, I haven't gone into that with, in terms of this person, like mm -hmm. in the spiritual world, but I'm sure I can only imagine that, you know, it's. I, I would think it's similar type of energy, but I also know to this family line, which usually that's how it is. That's why we choose who we incarnate into. Mm -hmm. But the whole family line was just abuse, abusive men, abusive men, abusive men. And then you had women that would hide mm. what the, the abuse the men did and then make other people that came, went public with it, make them out to look bad and then sabotage mm -hmm. their name. and. But they were enduring abuse too that they were hiding from the world. So, so I do a lot of past life regressions and I'm five years into it. And I would say the perpetrator and the abuser or the victim and the abuser, what is so fascinating, like even though I saw, I didn't see my life where I abused my mother, but I'm sure it exists. Yeah. I'm sure it exists because we play roles for each other and the soul always balances out. And it's always balanced in all that is. And Osiris is one of my mentors, my non-physical guides that works with me. And Osiris is like, Isabel, everything balances and how they show it to me. Cause like, I'm a little bit of a mathematician. It's like when you do a formula, it balances the same number has to show up on the right side and the left side. Yeah, It's equal. And so everything is balanced out and it helps me soften judgment of, you know, Rachel went through that near death experience and it was violent. It was just violent. Okay. Yeah. But there was such a beauty to yeah. it. And I, I don't mind to speak on it. There's, it's, there's nothing that I'm ashamed about mm -hmm. anymore. I mean, I'm sure there are probably some little bits of shame here and there within my, you know. Sure. <laughs> right. But We're still human. <laughs> exactly. But no, so he knew that, you know, it was, at, we'll see earlier in the day had been a really bad physical um, altercation. And, and it was, it was really heartbreaking. Um, he did some things to my horse and mm. after he, he had beat me and got me down on the ground and I'm, I'm gasping for air. And so he starts in and, and sorry to talk about this. I know this is, probably, this is really heartbreaking, but there, you know, this is how some people, this is the yeah. level of violence we're talking about. And yeah. He, um, was abusing my horse right in front of me. Mm -hmm. And it was, I just saddled this horse up. You ain't going to get, get on her and ride. And then, mm. so he's got, um, I, I'll say, what you know he did to the horse but 
see, she's enduring abuse, so my fight or flight kicks in, and I jump up to my feet, and I'm like, I, I can ride, I can ride, and I jump up on her like nothing, you know, mm. so big. And I'm riding her, and it was just that that few hours was just awful and very abusive, and he lets me go. Mm. He finally snaps out of it, and he, he looks at me, and he says, you can leave. I'm mm. sorry, you can leave. So I get in my, I run to my car as fast as I can and I get in it because there was no getting away from him. Mm-hmm. Like he was letting me get away. So I, I get in my car and I take off. And then when I get home, um, and I, I didn't even go home because I was scared that he would come. So I went to my dad's and I was there for a while and then I finally come home around midnight. And as soon as I get home, he pulls up and he's had a friend bring him. So, and you know, I'm my, I've got my son, he's four, he's asleep, I'm carrying him in, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm begging him, I'm like, please leave, like, you mm-hmm. know, like, today was just horrific, like, the abuse had hit, like, an all-time high, and the abuse of an animal right in mm-hmm. front of me to punish me, that just, yeah, he, like, I was prepared to endure whatever I had to endure, like, I couldn't stay in this prison anymore, mm-hmm. and so I'm like, begging him, you know, please leave, just leave just leave you know there's nothing you can say or do and he's you know doing all the things to try and get his way like i'm you know yeah i'm sorry whatever and and he 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 walks into my trailer and and i lay my son down in my bed and my master um my master bedroom had a master bathroom Mm -hmm. with two double doors that shut at the very end of the, the single wide trailer and I had the doors open with like a valance hanging, you know, so I'm standing in front of the doors and he's sitting on the other side of my bed and um, he's like saying all these things. And I'm like, please just leave. There's nothing you can say or do. Like, mm-hmm. please just leave me alone and let me live my life. Like, mm-hmm. I'm begging him to set me free, you know, and he looks up and when he looks up, I knew it was on like Donkey Kong because his eyes were gone and he had crystal blue eyes mm. and they they were not his they were dark mm. my heart sank into my butthole it was like you could hear kickstart my heart by motley cruz yeah playing yeah like, yep it's about to be on and he said you ain't gonna hear me out and yeah. those are the words he said and i was i swallowed next thing you know poof, my body's through a door yeah like that fast it totally obliterates the door in half with my body and I'm trying, I I knew if he got me down to the ground, I would, I would be dead. So yeah. I'm trying to stay on my feet. So we're just fighting and tussling. I'm not really being able to get any blows in on him because my focus is trying to stay up on my feet. Sure. So I'm just like a rag doll all over. And I have like two different end tables. I had all these decorations because I love decorations and my bathroom and bed yeah. is like safari themed. So I've got like statues of tigers and stuff <laughs> on my marble sink. Like, I mean, overkill. overkill. I love it. Yeah. It's so fun. So, I mean, like stuff is just going everywhere and I'm like all like crazy. Just, I'm like a rag doll. It's the only way I know to explain it. But, you know, I'm doing pretty well. I kept myself up for a pretty good while. And, um, he finally starts to get me down, but I still managing to stay on my, my hands and knees. Cause yeah. I just knew if I got flat, I was yeah. gone. And he's, he even like grabs me by my hair and he's like dragging me around, still trying to 
make it seem like it's my fault but at this point I'm way past that like I see the truth like I'm like none of this was my fault and he's like dragging me around by my hair and isn't that funny that you had a knowing yeah like a such a strong knowing like this was your day to possibly exit yeah it's like you know I, I went through a period where I lost my will to live and I was really contemplating suicide and I asked for a will to live, you know, mm -hmm. I, was, I felt like I was too big of a wimp to go through with the suicide. And I laid there and I cried myself to sleep and I asked for a will to live. And it started to brew this strength mm -hmm. over the next few weeks. And so here's your test. Yes. Here's your test. Yes. You, you want to live? Can you live through this? Yep. And he was picking up on it, which yeah. was only speeding up the process. Yeah. But I, yes, like it really was. It yeah. was this will to live that started to brew and he could see it. Yeah. And he, it, just like he would break a horse, he needed to break my will to live, which he thought he'd already done. But out of nowhere, starts like the wild Mustang comes back. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it, here's your test. So he he finally gets me down and he strangles me the first time. Then I go out and when I wake up, he's not in the room. He walks back in the room carrying half the door from where he had had a friend bring him. And I guess his friends were too scared of him to do anything. So his friend, I guess, was in the living room. So when he walks back in with the door, I knew immediately he must have just took the door out there to his friend to be like, I don't know why she's screaming. I'm not doing nothing to her. It's right. Just, I'm beating up the room or whatever, you know. Yeah. can only imagine because he had some far-fetched stories. <laughs> far-fetched <laughs> stories. Like, blue. I, that's when I learned the, the level that's when I learned what narcissism was. He gave uh -huh. me a crash course. I didn't realize because I never lied on a level like that. Yeah. So, it, and the, the cognitive dissonance, you don't want to believe it. There's no way he would lie and say that. It's because somebody would come to you with this or with sure. that. And you're just like, there's no way. And yeah. it's like, I would never say something. And then it turns out, yeah, like he's been grooming everybody to not believe me from the beginning. He's been making up all these crazy lies. Yeah. And so, but. Anyway, so he comes back in with the door and I jump back up as soon as I see him because I know like I need to get off the ground or I'm yeah. on So it, it kind of ensues again, you know, ragged all, all yeah. over the place. And so he gets me back down the second time, you know, strangles me again. I come back to, he's not in there. At this point, I get on my knees and I start to pray. But again, I'm praying in a fearful way. Please mm. don't let me feel the pain. Please don't let me feel the pain. Mm. So he walks in and he says, when he walks back in, he said, yeah, you better pray to God, bitch. Cause that's where I'm going to send you. And I knew I was like, damn, I'm about to die. Yeah. This but you surrendered the third time. That was the third time. Okay. So I still knew, but I wasn't there yet. Yeah. So it, it, and he starts to, to take off his belt. Yeah. And that's what scared me because I didn't know if he was going to strangle me, break me, or strap me with it. And for, and I've always had a fear of belts my whole life, stemming back from my childhood, some other past trauma. Yeah. And just so belts really freak me out. Yeah. Well, now we know because we did a meditation together. A light, she didn't go into a past life, but she was shown a past life. And she was also abused in that life, yeah. you know, tied up. Yeah. Literally like kept in a cage. I'm like, oh my gosh, like <laughs> her energetic pattern. So, you know, whoever's listening to this, or if you know someone who has this, um, 
dichotomy of such a darkness, I would say, because it's not very loving to tie, to, to tie someone up <laughs> no. No. <laughs> or try to control them. But, no. there but it happened time there, and time again. That, in every yeah. feminine in every feminine life mm. that is the theme in every life where i'm a female that's that i've come yeah. to to this point that's yeah. the thing that's the theme that's the thing to and and you probably have that theme and you know isis always says goddess isis always says what's what's unwanted is wanted and you 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 want you want your soul wanted that yeah, to to understand a, how strong you are. Yep, and it, it makes sense why I always had a victim mentality, mm -hmm. and I literally became a victim, and that's what catapulted my strength mm -hmm. and got me out of victim mentality to mm -hmm. where I'm not a victim at all. Like I'm grateful for those experiences because I would not be who I am today without them. I know that a hundred percent. I can't. Fight. Yeah, I love the person I am today. Most days, <laughs> I'm only human. <laughs> But um, all in all, like I've never, before then, never loved myself. Never. Yeah. What I thought was self-love was adoration from others. Yeah. Never truly loved myself. Yeah. Um, but so he, when he takes his belt off, that really scared me. Mm -hmm. And to like, even you would think with all the physical abuse, but that right there, that the symbolism in that just triggered an even bigger wound. And so I started to scream louder than I think I had the whole entire time. And I start to scream for the friend's name that's in the living room to, in a plea for him to come and save me. And I hear the front door shut mm. and then I can hear a truck door at the same time that my abuser is even more mad than he's been the whole time. Cause he's like, how dare you go mm -hmm, scream for my mm -hmm. friend? And he starts just wailing in the side of my head, just mm -hmm. taking blows. So that gave me an opportunity to, and I grabbed on, to, like I'm underneath him. So I let, latched onto him with my arms and my legs. And I said, I love you. It's me, Rachel, stop. And he was like, you don't love me or mm -hmm. something along the lines of that. Mm -hmm. And no, it what he said, yeah, when I said, it's me, I love you, it's me, Rachel. That was the last thing I said. He said, yeah, I know. That's why I'm doing this. Mm. And it was like this betrayal on myself, too. Like, mm. how can I love someone mm. that, and that's why they're doing this. So mm -hmm. it was just, the whole paradigm just, it's like the tower card in tarot. Mm -hmm. Just everything that I ever had constructed in my own mind just broke in that moment. So this is the third, the third time he was strangling me. So after he's taken, you know, I'm taking the blows, he starts to strangle me again. And I, I'm, you know, trying to reach for anything I can, you know, to try and hit him or something. And there's nothing, there's nothing around me. And I started to surrender into it. Mm -hmm. And the thought come out of my, it's, I started to get more, more peaceful when mm -hmm. I realized there was nothing I could grab and my body started to relax. And that's when it dawned on me, I'm dying. Mm -hmm. And when it dawned on me, I'm dying, I had the most beautiful thought. And it was like, okay, this is okay. I'm dying. Mm. I'm dying. This is okay. And right as I had that thought, it became the, the, the most the most gratitude I'd ever felt in my life. And all I, it felt like if I could look at myself, like I would be smiling. 
because all I could think was, wow, what a ride. Yeah. What a beautiful life. The adventure in this life, the emotions on so many opposite spectrums, the Mm -hmm. feelings, such strong feelings, such just passion and just, just the whole thing just seemed like a beautiful adventure. Just the most beautiful adventure that I could ever had. And I just imagined and I just remember being so grateful for it all. Like for for every sadness, for every happiness, for every mm-hmm. laughter, for every cry of sorrow. Like mm-hmm. I mean, all of it. And and I and it's it's happening really fast. It's just like downloads and downloads. And at the same time, I'm starting to see through him and and then I see behind him and then i see the sky and then it's just like this influx of this bright white light and then this green and the most beautiful sound i've ever heard in my life it just it and my body felt crystalline like Mm. the coolest breeze on my skin but it wasn't making me cold like it was like Mm -hmm. a refreshing drink of water i don't don't even have to explain it and i i felt so loved and just loving and i remember thinking just how beautiful everything was like from the beginning of my life from the literally from infancy to now like all the things that i had never realized all the moments of unconditional love and wisdom that just even random people that i never gave a second guess to had just showed me and these beautiful lessons of growth and all the things that i never once had gratitude for Mm. just it's such an influx. It's like your whole life. Mm-hmm. And so every, I every inhale, every exhale I ever took, and it was just the most beautiful feeling ever. I remember thinking, okay, I'm, I'm ready. Like, wow, mm. wow. How yeah. did I miss the mark? But it's okay. Like, <laughs> yeah. Holy yeah. shit. Wow. Yeah. And, and as this is happening, I'm starting to become aware of my child who's four at the time and how. In this moment, if I die, and, and it's crazy because you've got multiple multiple perceptions going on. So it was like knowing that if I die and I don't come back, my son is going to deal with depression and, you know, mental health issues. Mm-hmm. And he's going to commit suicide at age 23. I was 23 at this time. At 20, It was almost like a repeating karmic pattern. Mm-hmm. He was going to commit suicide at 23. He was going to battle drugs, mm-hmm. but he was going to commit suicide ultimately. Or if I survive this, but I continue with this lifestyle of trying to fill my own voids with the opposite of growth, with mm-hmm. codependency on substances, people, mm-hmm. just, you know, the mm-hmm. words, that he was going to become an addict and he was going to OD at 23. And or if I survive this and was remained forever changed like I am in this moment and how I stepped up as a mentor for this little spirit in his little physical vessel that I'm meant to be mentoring on this world right now and get him to where he is mentally, physically, spiritually, and emotionally sound. Mm -hmm. The capabilities of the capacity of the beautiful life he has to live, which is going to be beautiful nonetheless, because it's a life lived. Mm-hmm. Um, but just his fulfillment yeah. and his purpose. Yeah. He fills his potential. Yes. Yeah. And it was so clear. But even with that knowing, at the same time, I still had a knowing that I'm dying. 
Mm-hmm. And this is okay. Even though I'm, I'm given this information right now, there's still nothing that I can do about any of this. And I'm still so grateful for it all. Mm-hmm. It's like the, I didn't hold an emotional attachment to the way of what I had just been shown. Like, mm-hmm. and I'm still thinking I'm, you know, dying in this moment and I'm not coming back. But it wasn't like a sadness there. Mm-hmm. It was just like a knowing that mm-hmm. you're given. Like, mm-hmm. Because humans hold a lot of ties up to, up to emotional attachments, which mm. heart, there was no guilt. There was no guilt. Yeah. No if. guilt, no shame. Yeah. It was just an experience and a beautiful experience no matter what, right? So when you start to awaken, you hear that there's no wrong in the universe. And then you're like, okay, but you don't really believe it, right? Because we have a lot of judgment and fear and control. But as you vibrate higher, you can see the beauty. And so Rachel and I, we were having a conversation earlier on the phone and I read her my channeling this morning and I was showing, you know, telling her like the illusion is just as beautiful because it's an energetic pattern. And I loved how you noticed that you were strengthening an energetic pattern of him becoming an addict if you died. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like you struck that energetic pattern within his soul field that was in your soul field. And and I understood too, like the, the karma that's passed down through ancestry through, and because my, my dad battled addiction um, his parents battled addiction mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I can only imagine it goes up from, from there, you know, mm-hmm. um, which I, you know, I don't have sure knowledge of past my grandparents, but yeah. I still like, you yeah. know, I know. So yeah. And, but they never grabbed life by the balls. Mm-hmm. It was always like still making up for the damage that you've done. Which I can still fall into on bad days. Mm-hmm. The guilt will seep up and I'm thinking, I've done damage to my child that's irreparable. And then spirit comes in and is like, no, you dumpy. <laughs> <laughs> no, stop it. Stop it right yeah. now. This is all part of a divine Well, plan. because they're sovereign, right? So everyone has an inner being and everyone is all powerful. And it's really rising from that ego mind of survival and victim and your persona and control and fear. And it's leading by example too, Mm -hmm. like showing your child like, yeah, look, I'm, I'm a human. I got myself, I got us into this mess, Mm -hmm. but look how I got us out and look how I got myself out. Look how, Mm -hmm. you know, I changed our lives for the better. And I didn't hold it against myself. Like because I love, I chose to love myself after because I want you to love yourself. I don't want you to to make up what you would perceive as a mistake and then hold it against yourself, and you never have true happiness after that. I wouldn't mm-hmm. want my son to go through that mm-hmm. because I know he's gonna make what we perceive as mistakes in this life. Mm-hmm. We all do. Well, and it's interesting because, like, um, I have a teacher's course where we literally go into the contrast, the the unpreferred uh, emotions, so sadness, rejection, um, shame, guilt, and we go into those wounds because 
that is created by source and that's where the magic is that's why Chiron yes. is my favorite placement in astrology the you I know you've heard me bring up Chiron, Chiron so many times but it's because Chiron is the wounded healer yes because the the wound becomes the gift yes if you let it if you don't if you let the wound fester and you are constantly a victim of this wound it's going to be your demise mm -hmm. but if you see it for what it is and you see the beauty in it and all yes. the level of compassion that you gain the level of strength the level of gratitude because you only get the highest highs the highest mountain peak if you hit the dark valleys because they're contrasted they're opposites like yes. if you stay in the middle you're just staying in the middle you're not going to experience really great beautiful high vibrational frequencies mm -hmm. and you're not going to experience really beautiful i want to say but to the, the dark is beautiful the dark is beautiful and you know we have a sun and a moon we have the light and the dark the yin and yang symbol is a beautiful beautiful symbol and it's funny because i know it's like popular and it's a tattoo now but if you look at the yin and yang symbol um there's a little white circle in the dark and there's a black circle in the white and it's just to show that the frequency is supposed to oscillate it's supposed to go dark to light dark yeah. to light and that's what keeps us humble too because if you think you're in the light at all times you stop doing shadow work you stop reevaluating yourself mm -hmm. the ego rises back up in this mm -hmm. new platform that you've created where ego wasn't there in the beginning but you think you've got it all figured out mm -hmm. and then it starts to rise like you, you will start to develop a self-righteous behavior whether you realize it or not mm. and it's subconscious so that's that's that little speck of dark in that yin. You have to constantly be reevaluating your character. And, but, you know, light is only exists out of necessity from darkness. Like, it's so true. It's, um, how Source explained it to me was so I do a lot of, I, I look at things a lot of symbolically, very scientifically. Um, so the cold waters of the ocean the molecules are not really moving very quickly the water is very cold at the bottom of the ocean and over time it rises up and it warms up and it moves faster and then it sinks back down and it rises up and sinks back down it's the conveyor and it allows the movement of all the water on our planet that movement of water creates our clouds creates the rain so if those molecules weren't going from cold to warm to back to cold, we would not have weather. Yeah. And source said the contrasting, the denser emotions, if I took away the judgment out of it and just saw the beauty of it, that is expansion. That is how energy is moved. So when I'm in physical pain or if I'm in emotional pain, I know it's for me and it took time. I'm not saying like, oh, yay, I want to feel sad and depressed today, but I don't push it away anymore. Now I can lean into the sadness and I can lean. There's going to be light at the end of the tunnel and it's going to yes. be all the more broader. Yes. Yep. And, and it really is going through a doorway. That's to how the gratitude other... is brewed. Yeah. It is. That's how gratitude is brewed because say you're born we'll just use an example you're born into a rich family 
by with non-abusive parents. Mm-hmm. So you've got maybe a dad that works hard, but even when he's home, he's not abusive. Um, and then you've got a really nurturing mother that stays at home mm-hmm. that meets your needs before you even have those needs. Mm-hmm. So then when you grow up, you don't learn how to have empathy for others because you don't even have empathy for yourself because you don't even have needs because they're always met before they even surface. You never learn that. Mm. So then you're not going to have lasting relationships that are real because no one's going to stay with somebody that can't step out of their own head and have empathy for someone else because they don't even have the conscious ability to pick up that, oh, my spouse is seems kind of depressed and shut down. Like Mm. they're not even going to have the knowledge to be like, Hey, what's wrong, babe? Did you have Mm -hmm. a bad day? Like, Mm -hmm. and so some, you know, so many years of just a non-emotional connection, you know, Mm -hmm. it's obviously going to fall apart, but that's because the skills will never, will never learn like everything. And I'm not saying that having a non-abusive childhood is bad. I'm not saying that at all. That's beautiful. And it's rare. It's a different experience. Yes. Yeah, That's very all it is. Experience. And it creates a different experience and a different exploration. So whatever childhood you have, whatever wounds you have, whatever trauma you have, just know that your soul chose it and created it for you to explore who you are. Yeah. It's really always to go within. It's always to know who you are, your soul. You, you've you lived so many lives. You have so many different aspects of you. You are a multidimensional being, but we are not taught that at a very young age. We are not taught to connect within. And we are in this grand shift. We are shifting consciousness to go within, to communicate with your inner being and your celestial guides and your ancestors And from that paradigm, from that knowingness of 5D consciousness and spirit, and you're more, when you're connected to spirit, you are vibrating higher because you have mastered quieting the ego mind and raising your vibration. When you're in intense fear, like in her near-death experience, she was in intense fear. And when she surrendered... It was unconditional love. Unconditional love. Yeah. I thought I knew what love was. Yeah. And it was, it felt, the only way I can describe it is divine ecstasy, Mm -hmm. divine bliss. That was the first time I ever experienced unconditional love. And I I understand now Mm -hmm. what unconditional love is. And and it's hard. It's very hard to maintain that vibrational frequency. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the reasons why I love Yeshua so much as an ascended master, because that is his gift, unconditional love. And from where I was so devoid of it, he holds a, a personal space for me. Yes. Yes. I just love it. But one of my spirit guides, like Tipio, that's that's his connection with me, and is unrequited love. Mm. It's lifetimes of unrequited love. So that, and to think that he's never incarnated, and he's been with me every time I've incarnated on Earth. Because Mm. as a female, I know of, I can only imagine even as a male. But that's what our connection is, is mm-hmm. he's given me this unconditional love from the other side that I, who knows if I ever picked up on it before until this life. I don't know. Sure. You know, but. Oh, they just said yes. Okay. <laughs> so, but that is hit. And, and it's funny because Tipio always makes me laugh. 
he's always trying to get me into a state of joy. Yeah. And it's always, it's like hilarious. Like it's childlike wonder and it's like, like just doing stupid things. Like, yeah. That you wouldn't think when you think like of a God, you're, you think, you know, the ego wants you to be like, it's such a righteous person. No, like sometimes he walks around like he's drunk and bumps into stuff to yeah. make me laugh. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know absolutely. I mean? Absolutely. And, you know, laughter, joy, creativity, connecting with nature, these are all um, mechanisms and ways to connect with your inner being. He's, a, he's very playful, but that's also that fey energy, that elemental energy. Yeah. Being playful is very important. Being silly is yeah. important, you know? Yeah. Um, and so after your near-death experience, um, she shared her, she was joking with her mom that she would never date another guy. And she said, she goes, oh, the, you know, the next guy I date, I want him to have a white truck because her car overheats. And then, no, I want him to have two white trucks and a white boat on top of it. And anyways, sure enough, she meets him. But um, after your near-death experience, did you start researching esoteric knowledge? Like, how did you, how did you go to that next step? So at first it it was like a high, the, being in such a high vibrational frequency, mm -hmm. unconditional love is the highest. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, it's the highest vibrational frequency that there is. So not at first, no, I was just, I was in a constant state of ecstatic joy for life and wonder. Wow. Yeah. So, and then here I am in a relationship with somebody Yeah, that's not manipulating me and distracting me. So I'm starting to be triggered Uh huh. and I'm in, in ways that I've never had the time to be triggered in. Yeah. Cause I've always got some kind of yeah. life or death, what feels like life or death situation going on. And so, but I knew from the divine guidance that I was meant to be with this person. Yeah. So, you know, just with the things that I told my mom, like, I'm never going to date another man again. And she started feeling like, no, I don't say that. So I was like, all right, well, if I will. And I made the most craziest example ever. <laughs> yeah, I love and it. It literally happened. And it was just so wild to where I, all I could do was look up and just at the sky and be like, you sly dog. Yeah. But so it, so I had the knowing this is who I'm supposed to be with. Okay. And I don't know in that first year if we would have made it through had I not had that knowing because I was really pushing away sure. healthy love. Sure. Because it wasn't meeting my needs to have my wounds filled. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get it. I, that I understood, but I still wasn't completely conscious of. I want to just break it down for the listeners. So she said her wounds weren't being met. Just know, guys, your energetic patterns of your fear or your what you believe of yourself so your self-worth or I was codependent right so when that need wasn't being met it's very uncomfortable for her because she wants to recreate it yeah because it's known and when she was going into the unknown even though it was healthy and loving it feels uncomfortable very uncomfortable and a lot of people are like I don't understand. I just want to be loved and heard. And I'm like, 
Well, you just want your your wounds filled with a, <laughs> a, a placeholder, and you don't even realize it. Yeah, you don't realize it. You have to go into your wounds. You have to look at your limiting beliefs. You have to do self reflection, and that's what start. This was how I fell into shadow work before knowing what shadow work was, and this is what catapulted everything. I started to realize when I was at work and I would, I would have, was a sleep technologist. So I would have two patients and they would be in separate rooms. So I would engage with one, you know, and then walk out and then engage with the other one, walk out and all that. Well, I noticed that I started to mold myself to what they liked. Mm. And after, so they would say, oh yeah, I like this, blah, blah, blah. And even if I didn't know what it was, I'd be like, yeah, I like that too. And then they would just love me. I started to become guilty. Mm. I would go back into my office and I would think, why did I say that? That that's not there was no integrity in that. I I started to become aware, like I mm. lied about who I am as a person to make this person like me so I would feel safer mm-hmm. with them in mm. that moment. Mm-hmm. And that's not true. I'm lying to myself and I'm lying to this person. Like I I, so I started to become aware. So integrity started to become big. So I started to focus on it every day, no matter how uncomfortable I got and how much I wanted to people please in this moment. And mm-hmm. I wanted to shift my personality to what would make them like me to, so I could allow myself to feel safe. Mm-hmm. I was like, nope, I'm not going to do it. So if somebody would say this, like this opinion, I would be like, eh, well, I don't really think that, but I don't judge you for it. And they would look at me sideways. Yeah. And at first it was uncomfortable, but then I started to become empowered. Sure. I really started to become empowered. And then it's crazy because I start, people really started to love me. Because <laughs> you're being authentic. <laughs> and I didn't realize what authentic was. I just, I, people started, you know, I start, like I got a contract with the VA. All these veterans love coming to see me, but they have PTSD. So I knew how to talk them through certain things. Yeah. Dealing with my, I just, there was empathy there from the beginning, sure. and, but also I knew when some people didn't want to talk about anything Yeah, and it was my authenticity that made them feel safe. Like we're talking like the most grisliest men you'd ever sure. seen in your life that would just tear the daggum room up with certain other people. Yeah. Um, so I started to get contracts through the VA and then there was some other divine situations that came through that were truly heartbreaking, but I was able to make space for these people and I didn't realize I was transmuting some heavy energy because they were able to speak about certain things that really shamed them. Sure. And I was able to kind of pull some shame out. Yeah. And, and I didn't know what I was. Yeah. When did your, um, so when I met Rachel, um, less than a year, she has incredible psychic abilities, like really, really cool. When did your, so, okay. So you, you're, you're, you're becoming self-aware. You're understanding your the thoughts. The psychic ability started to come through with the shadow work because I was releasing mm. things and yep. making space. Yeah. So even with my significant other in this healthy relationship where I'm really starting to be triggered and I'm like, he doesn't love me. I started to become aware out of nowhere. And okay, why am I not feeling loved right now? Mm. This has nothing to do with him. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was like spirit was giving me downloads. Yeah. So, and so then I would go within, okay, how can I learn to love myself? Because I don't need to be codependent on his love to feel loved and be okay. Mm-hmm. I started to realize these things. And as this started to happen, 
little things started to shift and more divine synchronicity started to happen. Um, mm. I started, I, I accidentally meditated one day. Ah, <laughs> yeah, I was stretching and it felt really good. And when I stopped, I was suspended and it felt like I was floating and I was overcome with this feeling uh -huh. of divine bliss and I wouldn't move. It yeah. felt so good. And then months went by and I started, I wanted to understand what made people capable of the evil things that they were capable of. I wanted to understand the psychology behind it. So okay. I started to do heavy research and, and learn about um, manipulation and cognitive dissonance and gaslight. And yeah. I started to learn about these things because I wanted to understand because it was huge in, in my prayers for my children is yeah. help them to see through manipulation so they won't fall victim to some kind of trap that they imprison themselves yeah. through their beautiful empathy that they're going to have with somebody that fakes it for them, you know, yeah. and just controls them by making them feel guilty or shame yeah. or whatever. Yeah. So, so I, I started to kind of dive into psychology and it was so natural. It was weird. Yeah. It was you remembering. Yep. Yeah. And I started to read people like a book and I thought it was the psychology that I understood. <laughs> and no, I'm just, turns out I'm psychic. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, but my rational mind is just trying to tell me, no, you've just been reading some. Sure. Well, and then a certain, a certain, uh, what is her name? Dr. Dr. Rumini, I think, Rumini, something like that. Okay. She was speaking about, um, you know, how to not get trapped into um, a situation with a narcissist, mm -hmm. like how to protect your energy. And it was the first time I'd ever seen somebody speak about protecting your energy, ah. energetic boundaries. So it really, it really captivated my attention. <laughs> you were like, ding, 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 yep. ding, ding. Yep. <laughs> She's, she talked about shadow work. Ah, was, yeah. Uh -huh. She, this woman is spiritual planting seeds in the yeah, world. I of, love it. Yep. I love it. So, and I was like, shadow work. And when she explained what it was, I was like, I've been doing that. Yeah. I've been coming aware of parts of myself yeah. that I didn't realize controlled me subconsciously. Yeah. And, and then, um, I did this M MBTI test. It's like 16 archetype personality. And I learned uh -huh. I was an INFP, which stands for you. You have four primary cognitive functions. Everybody's different yeah. based on life circumstances, parents, you know, genetic sure. build, everything. Your brain works different ways. So as an INFP, it, my two primary cognitive functions, how my brain works and focuses is internal feeling and external intuition. Mm. And I was like, wow, that's strange. So it's it's a more, it's the most spiritual of all the archetypes. So that really captivated me. And I was like, intuition. Mm. Yes, I have a strong, because, and at this point, I'm already freaking people out. Like I've, <laughs> I knew the neighbor kid was being abused no, and <laughs> nobody would believe me. Yeah. And, and I was beating myself up that I wasn't calling DSS because I was, you know, still not trusting myself fully in there. And I even stood up for this child against his own dad. And there it is in front of my face. And I get custody of him for two weeks. And I didn't even do it. It's just the universe yeah. worked it all out. And from where I had stood up to, to the daddy that one time, he remembered it when he was going to lose his child because they had no family in the state. He, he came with his son crying and said, can you take him? 
Uh, it was the one act of love that he did for that child while he yeah. had him. And so I'm starting to freak my significant other out. He's like, you called it. And I was like, yeah, and don't you ever ask me not to. I'm crying. Like, don't you yeah. ever ask me not to trust my intuition no more. And just things here and there. Um, starting to get. When did Tipio come into your life? That was in 20. Or the awareness because he was always there. 2020, the summer of 2021. Okay. So 2017 was the really pivotal kick for you. And then 2019 was when the end of 2019, because once it was well, probably about a year mm -hmm. of, of slow spiritual growth. Well, no, mm -hmm. probably about six months of slow spiritual growth mm -hmm. where it kind of starts in psychology, understanding the way my brain works yeah. and my archetype and all that. And, but I had already been doing the shadow work, not realizing what it was. So then come to the end of 2019 was when it hit like a ton of bricks from where I had been watching these videos on how to protect your energy and yeah. things like that. It had popped up a video that I didn't know and I almost didn't click on it, but I clicked on it and it was a channeling and i had no idea i didn't even know what that's totally was. spirit and it was cryon cryon yeah lee carroll yes yeah yeah it was that fast again it ca it literally you knew it catapulted me so fast and the channel and he was he said you are worthy mm -hmm. and limited beliefs just crashed like yeah. i was actually born worthy i wasn't yeah. born tainted i wasn't born nope. unworthy We're and from there worthy. i it literally within three months i'm already meditating getting visions i'm nice. just starting to just bear these beautiful fruits and it just within six months I'm already starting to interact with the divine. I'm starting yeah. to interact with these ascended masters and <laughs> spirits and just, yeah, it was so fast from there, which I understand it's not going to be like that for everybody. It was just that magical little nugget. From I think, you know, it's funny. So I work with a bunch of psychics and teachers um, and I would say I, you know, so Rachel, I, I never studied astrology. It's not that I believed in it or disbelieved in it. I went into sacred geometry instead. But Rachel's really good at astrology. And I said to her, I really appreciate her reading my chart. And we read the human design, astrology, and cryon. No, Chiron. Chiron is the is an aspect in your astrological yeah, chart. Chiron. And I, I mix them up when I'm talking about I know. Yeah, Chiron. Chiron and Chiron. And, Chiron. Yeah. <laughs> and what was interesting, so three different modalities of astrology. And then also you can take your birth date and you add up the number and like I'm an eight. I'm a visionary. And so it doesn't matter. For me it's eleven. Okay. Eleven is a is a common theme mm. in my in all my charts. In all your charts. And yeah. that's that's the that's what's fascinating. And I was talking to my friend Suzanne around this. I said, Suzanne, it is the blueprint. It is a clue. It is a clue of my life path. It is a clue. So this is how it feels like to me. I buy a house. And I don't know there's a secret room. 
I might walk around my house and say, wow, you know, it looks bigger from the outside than what it is inside. And I'm not aware of a completely secret room. But then I get the blueprints and then I see in the blueprints that secret room. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, there's a, I can bust down this wall and there's the room. And that's what astrology is like for me. It's like, I've always known these things about me, but it's so, not black and white, but it's so in my face. It's I can't, so big. It's, I can't help but see it in all these different modalities. Yeah. The pattern is there. The pattern yeah, is there. It's crazy. And so I started delving in all of, it's, it was like, I was right there at the precipice of this next level. Mm -hmm. And I guess from where I had put in the work on myself had really made the space. Mm -hmm. So I need literally just that one opening of being exposed to a higher vibrational frequency that high, mm -hmm. a channeling of crying. Mm -hmm. And it, it was a, a, just a huge shift, but I was ready. I was at that point, you know, it wasn't just like little bits here and there. Like I had done a lot of, of emotional integration, which is hard. Yes. But I mean, there was a lot of trauma there sure. that I was just trying to get by and a lot of shame around the things that I put my son through. And so I'm delving into astrology and all these things and they're coming so fast because at the same time I'm doing meditations to where I'm crying my eyes out and mm -hmm. I'm releasing so much from mm -hmm. where I know spirit is real. Mm -hmm. Like I, there was at one point where I was on my hands and knees and I was screaming. I was like, show me what, what abuse happened to my son when I wasn't around by allowing him to be around this person. I know you can do it. I know you can put the vision mm -hmm. in my head. Mm -hmm. I need to see, I deserve to see, I, I need to see exactly what happened to him so I can know. So I, I know what to do from here. I deserve to see this. It was more of less of a, I need to know to, I deserve to see what happened. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it was be and here I am crying and I'm pissed. Like I'm screaming, like, show me. <laughs> I know you can do it. Whatever. Yep. Like, show me. Yep. And it was, it was beautiful out of here. I am sobbing on the point of like throwing up, like screaming to God, whoever, yep. you know, and yep. here I get Yeshua, the ascended master. And he yep. just, and I, I don't even see him with my eyes, but all of a sudden you, his energy is unlike yeah. anything. Yeah, the yeah. warm blanket comes down again and it wraps around me and I feel two feet on my shoulders mm. and it's, they're pushing my shoulders down and then a hand grabs my head and it lifts it up and then a left hand comes down on my heart and I took the biggest breath I've ever taken. I went, mm. <gasps> and I was filled with a download with this mm -hmm. knowledge of Yes, yeah, something happened to your son, mm -hmm. but regardless of the role that you played in it, it was going to happen. Mm -hmm. This was how it happened mm -hmm. due to the circumstances, but something similar, no matter what, what would have happened, would have happened because yeah. it's important in shaping the man that he's going to be one day. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because it helped him. It's going to help him to learn a huge component of empathy and compassion in terms yeah. of being a protector. Yeah. There's your unwanted is wanted. Yep. Exactly. And it was like, I'm not, and I'm not going to show you. I might not show you ever, 
or I might show you one day if I feel like you're ready, but right now you don't need to see. You just need to know that it was going to happen with or without mm-hmm. you because this is a part of shaping his character as a human being into the most beautiful part of him. Yeah. And I, it was, the, I stayed in that spot for probably 50 minutes, close to an hour, a little under an hour. And I just was so filled with unconditional love. And I was riding another high again, just yeah. like when I had my near death experience in 2017, yeah. I was, people didn't recognize me again. And that's how heavy that weighed in my heart. Yeah. And so here I'm doing this heavy heart healing. Yeah. And I've got a huge connection when it comes to heart healing energetically. And I've picked up on that for the past five years. And, and, but I had to learn to heal my own heart. Like I picked up in it in your daughter's chart. Like yeah. It's, it's huge. It's huge. It is. And I clear heart walls. It, yes. Yeah. Yep. And yeah. So it's just, it's wild. And it's funny. I, um. Your first meditation, you guided meditation you did on me. Yeah. Was a heart wall. Was a heart you wall. You picked up on it immediately. Yeah. And I clear heart walls. I do some soul work with humans. Um. I, I really like working with the teachers going into the contrast, but they've done a lot of shadow work already. So like the ones that I get and then the newer ones awakening, I really kind of allow, not allow, but I, um, love collaborating with spirit. So I'll work with the client's inner being and team and channel for them, but I'm also connecting with their inner being and allowing, not allowing, but really working with them because they know that entity they know that soul they know exactly what needs to be done right Mm -hmm. and then my team which which we're all one anyways but then i get guidance from my team either to be quiet to hold space to give reiki to fill them with my golden light i'm always giving guidance from this side and so it's a really true collaboration which i love and it's so powerful because um really it's not that the human cannot escape doing shadow work and go through the ego mind and really see it but it's a beautiful boost it's it's like because you got to go where it's the darkest that's where you're going to find the light but it's like you're cutting on a hallway light in yes. the darkest part yes. to make it easier yes. for them to pick up on. Yes. So they, yeah, they still have to do the work. They still have to do just, the work. You've cut a little hallway light on for yes. them or a little night light, whatever yes. you want to call it. Yes. Yeah. So that they can take that step and do it because yep. you it, doing your shadow work is very personal and internal. When I personally do my shadow work, I always tease the the team on the other side. I always feel like I'm in this classroom and I'm taking a test and I'm doing my shadow work and it's a lot of tears always involved. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, and I'm, I'm doing it. And then as soon as I finish my test or doing my shadow work and I put the pencil down, then they're like, <laughs> you know, they're, they're like all over me and they're like, okay, now we can discuss it, yeah. you know, but because you, you have to get that emotional attachment. Oh yeah. They're cricket crickets. Yeah. Like I know they're still in the room, but they are not helping me no. with my test. Nope. No, no. I still have feels, to go through it. And that's why shadow works so hard because it, you feel, it feels so lonely in the moment yeah. until you, you, 
the the Do trigger it. happens the light bulb is there you've shined a light in it of light on a something dark that you've done that maybe had these dark ripple effects in other people or maybe within yourself it's, yeah and it's always what you don't expect. Like, no. I think it has to do with this, I'm pretty sure. And then it, it completely blindsides me with something that I usually didn't even realize. I know. So I, um, so I'm like deep in the unknown. Rachel, Rachel, here's my personal journey. And it's not that I wouldn't share it with you guys. It's just, it's just a lot. But anyways, whose personal journey is not a lot. So, uh, <laughs> you know, so take that with a grain of salt. But anyways, I started channeling the book, um, Unlock Abundance, and it's very, very personal. I have no idea if it'll ever be published, guys. I wrote it for myself. And one of the things that we went into, I, cause the team has been like telling me, embrace your power, embrace your power, cause I understand my mission. And, um, I can't be small and I can't be a victim, but whatever, who cares? I had to embrace a warrior energy of me. I had to embrace the destructor. I had to embrace something very, very dark within me. And I cried for three days because it was, you know, taking a life or taking lives in war, but to destroy a planet was something I got freaked out by and I had, um, spirit had been showing me that I had that capability and that I had done it and I pushed it aside. I just said, no, 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 that, that can't be true. That's coming from the star Wars movie. That's, that's not true. That's not true. But then in this, I, I went into that life, um, and I destroyed a planet guys. I know I could cry right now because like, it's not just, it's just a lot, you know? And, um, it was necessary, which is freaky. It was necessary. And I understood I was pulling apart energy so it could reform in higher consciousness. But that's when I became really afraid of my power. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. It makes perfect sense. You but know, that But that was unexpected. Yeah, but and that's because you think because you think abundance is tied to money or wealth or whatever, right? You know I'm not thinking I'm going <laughs> into a life where I destroyed a planet. <laughs> but it makes perfect sense, you know, you shatter a vase and you've got hundreds of pieces of glass instead of just one. Mm -hmm. You know, like the mm -hmm. energy fractals, it makes perfect sense. But that that is shadow work and it's it's always something that you don't expect like no nope. my last bit of shadow work that i had to do which was 3d but it still was something that i wasn't even aware of the ripple yeah. effects that it had in another individual from let's see i'm 29 13 years ago yeah and I changed the traje trajectory of someone's life. Wow. Uh, and even, and I have the knowing that, you know, at any time we can claim our life back. Yeah. You know, and, and not be a victim, victim to our circumstances. But at the same time, I know that this person 
at least yet, maybe they will never have the capacity to have that awareness. So it did. Yeah. You know, so I, I don't, I, I went through the motions, through the grief, through the shame, yeah. through the guilt, yeah. through it was devastation. It was yeah. devastation. Yes. Fear of devastation. Yes, 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 yes. And, and I, I think that was, so it, it's very surreal for me to even share the story about the planet, guys, because you have to understand I've done a lot of shadow work for my incarnation as Isabel. So when spirit is showing me this other aspect of my life, it is only because I have gotten to this point yep. of my soul field. Yep to to go as deep i mean it's layers upon layers it's upon layers, layers upon layers so the shadow work never ends never ends never never ends never and you know i would say just like learning anything like going to the gym you start off with five pounds you start off with 10 pounds you start off with what you can yeah. lift you know but, and it's not to say that you reach a point where you stop doing shadow work on the 3d because you're still a human you could do something tomorrow without thinking that could have a ripple effect so oh my gosh yeah but the levels do raise yeah but you, you still will be doing shadow work from this physical vessel because we've got days that we haven't even literally how you say that experienced yeah. yet yeah yeah where we could do damage we're only human yeah and then you know it's very easy you know i can still get triggered my limiting core belief is i'm not enough yeah so anything that strikes that chord of me not enough not doing enough not pleasing enough not whatever yeah. enough i i have to work on not being enough every day yeah. but like you were talking about the yin and yang symbol that's the little black dot in the white and it's going to stay there until we're not in this physical vessel it's going to stay there even in our energy yep. like it just is what it is sometimes i say hello old friend not enough <laughs> <laughs> but it's true if, for anybody listening if you really want to catapult where you are spiritually shadow work yeah it's shadow work is a must meditation um, again, you can do breath work, yoga, whatever, but I find quieting the mind meditation. I use hypnosis. I, I, you know, I have a podcast, um, meditation, hypnosis, oh my, and I've learned like, um, I'm certified in meditation. I'm certified in hypnosis. I've studied NLP. I'm not certified in that. Um, and I've studied different modalities. And for me, it's all the same. And every everyone, all the teachers will say, no, it's not. No, it's not. But I'm letting you know, is Isabel Zimmerman, her perspective, it's all the same. All it is, is getting you to an altered state of consciousness. Yeah. And that's it. So we can connect to your inner being, your divine, your spirit guides, in whatever manner that is, even if it's running, like people who run they're they're running through the body and they get to the point of a wall and they hit a euphoria right mm -hmm. and they're i've done that before they're hitting an alter state of consciousness so whether you use plant medicine i it really doesn't matter but i would say shadow work is necessary because of this 3d paradigm and the contrast is necessary and it's beautiful yeah. and just to release you you, you know, you can try and do as much as you want. This is for, for me. For I mean, maybe it's not like this for everybody, but for me, I could, if 
if I would have jumped in without any of the emotional experiences that I had, I would have been so frustrated. Mm-hmm. But I had to make space because had I not made the space and had these emotional releases, nothing would have resonated. Nothing would have I stuck. Agree. I would have understood nothing. It would have been like listening to a foreign language instead of it being like almost like a photographic memory like with astrology and stuff that's why because i firmly feel like at the time where i was you know engaging in these research topics i was doing heavy heavy shadow work to the point to where i feel like a lot of people would be and people would be like bill like my fiance hate to name drop or anything but he you know when i went and seen a shamanic practitioner and i did uh, my first soul retreat well i do them on my own now yeah but and i was telling him about it and he was like why do you want to go back into that and i he didn't understand the euphoria i felt because yeah oh i'm healing so he didn't understand yeah it's really a transmutation and an alchemy and um i agree i do a lot of shadow work myself whether it's shamanic practices i always I always say to anyone who's listening, you know, research, read. I got a mentor. I think working with mentors uh, assists you. I think this is very hard to do it alone. Having someone you can talk to about your experiences. Yes. Buddy up. Yeah. Yeah. Get a buddy. Get a friend. And you can, and if even if you don't have this in around you, like you never know what some people come from, like you can social media platforms have spiritual groups now and yes yeah, some are you know whack <laughs> <laughs> but i have actually met some incredible people that i shared things with that was so important in that moment for me to be able to share that with somebody mm-hmm. and them to come back and be like wow that's incredible and then them share something with me that only kind of helped to solidify what i was going through and and these were friends i made on off of a facebook group that i just randomly added one day that popped up and like these are people that i love and i've mm-hmm. never met in person that i love that i one i even accidentally because this person was going through a hard time that I knew about mm-hmm. and they had made a live video and I could feel how bad their heart was hurting. I accidentally astral projected in their bedroom, mm-hmm. freaked me out. I felt like I violated them. I was like, Oh my God, like I, I have a boyfriend. I said, no, yeah. I was just like, Oh my God, like I'm in this person's bed. I was so freaked out, but you know, that was my ego. Yeah. So then I was like, no, like it's just, it's love for this, this being. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that is kind of at the same level I am that has a similar personality, similar experiences. Mm-hmm. So I really had a high level of empathy for mm-hmm. what they were going through and transmuting at the time. Yeah. And I, I, I was giving them some help. Yeah. <laughs> because it, you know, that it was weighing on my heart. So it's pretty cool. Like the things that can, that can happen. It's so worth it. It is. It's so, so worth, worth it. it. So worth it. Well, thank you so much You're for welcome. being on my podcast for Attracting Wisdom. Thank you for And I'll me. put Rachel's information. She's uh, a massage therapist and I'll put her email if you want to reach out to her. She's a Absolutely. powerful psychic and um, she might read your chart. I yeah. think and it's- And I do Reiki as well. She does- um, Reiki and remote Reiki. So absolutely reach out to this powerful healer, psychic. Thank you. (laughs) All right. Thank you for having me. You are so welcome. And uh, as you know, you guys can always reach out to me at attractingwisdom.com.
All right. Thanks. Bye.